contained in this program is not to be construed as medical or legal advice. An appearance on this platform is not necessarily an endorsement, but as always, we encourage you to do your own research. Enjoy the show. Boom. Good afternoon, Patriots. And welcome back to another episode of Occam's Razor. Thank you very much for joining me. At the beginning of the show, we will do a little bit of housekeeping. Rumble Pilgrim. I see your comments. I've seen your comments in days past. And I just want everybody to remember, I am only a single man putting on all of this content. We've got plenty to discuss, not the least of which is the continued failings of the Biden regime their attempts to take down President Trump and their attempts to destroy America from within. Do me a favor, please consider following me on Truth Social. Follow me on Gab. Follow me on Getter. You can support me on Buy Me a Coffee, on Subscribestar, on my website. Every single time I do a show, you can bet without fail, I'm putting an announcement out about an hour, maybe two hours ahead of time. So you'll never miss anything if you follow me on Truth Social. So do me a favor, guys. Sit back, relax, grab your popcorn, and we have a special message from the sponsor of this program. All right. So thank you very much, everyone, for being here. And I also want to say thank you very much for bearing with me as I continue to adjust the schedule here on the show. Um, I just, ooh, that's the wrong screen. Hold on just a second. There we go. That's the correct one for Rumble. Okay, so I have made some programming adjustments this month, but that doesn't mean that they're going to be permanent. I had a significant amount of personal things that had to be addressed this month, including no fewer than eight doctor's appointments, each one requiring no less than three hours of travel every single time. It made it very, very difficult for me to produce the regular red pill news that you expected Monday through Thursday. I did it for about the first week, but then I kind of had to lay off. Just want to explain to everybody that I am but one man. I am a single individual producing all of this content six days a week. I'm not like a Tim Pool who has a, a home full of family and employees where they have people writing for them organizing stories, designing graphics, publishing programs, editing it. I do absolutely all of it. So every time you see a show on this channel, you can bet I made the graphics. You can bet I edited it. You can bet that I wrote the script if there is one. You can bet that I put together all of the notes and the stories. I'm the only one giving commentary. I'm the only one scheduling guests. I'm the only one publishing the programs on no fewer than eight platforms a day. And I'm the only one running my social media. So with that in mind, keep in your mind the fact that the reason that I had to adjust things this month is just because I just didn't have the time. I had to address things in my personal life. 
I have been going since 2018, virtually seven days a week without any vacations. The only time I took any time off was when I moved to Florida. Uh, and that was only because it was impossible for me to va- make videos because I was driving. So now that we are getting to the end of this month, I am traveling for the first two weeks of August because I have a couple of different events that I'm doing. Uh, and I am going to be producing shows. It may not be on the regular schedule that you have come to expect. I'm not going to be able to do Occam's Razor four days a week. But the reason I did Occam's Razor four days a week this month is because I couldn't do the Red Pill News later on in the day. Uh, so I appreciate your understanding. I, I'm also, you know, doing everything for my website. I have people that I paid to adjust the website on occasion, uh, but it doesn't always happen as quickly as I wanted to. It doesn't always happen with 100% accuracy. Uh, and I don't know sometimes when things are not updated. Like I saw Rumble Pilgrim say that Craig Mason was still on the website. Thank you for bringing that to my attention. I had no idea Craig was still on the website. So I sent them an email. I asked them to adjust it. Um, But basically, I want you to know that, uh, you know, if you are not following me on like Truth Social and on Rumble and, you know, all these other platforms, then you may miss something when I announce it. I always announce things on Truth Social, on Gab, on Getter, on Telegram. So make sure you're following me on at least one of those. Uh, because then you'll know exactly when I'm going to be doing a show. I might do something unscheduled. You know, I I reserve that right. I I might not be able to do a show on a certain day. I I try to do everything, but I I just can't. Um, Yeah, you know, I haven't taken uh, any time off at all. uh, And, uh, you know, I haven't ever worked a job where I had like paid vacation or anything like that. So I'm approaching 44 years of age. Uh, And uh, it just became necessary for me to give myself just a little bit of a break. I'm not even asking for a whole bunch of time off, Uh, just uh, just a little bit of a lessening of my workload. So thank you very much. I appreciate it. And I want you guys to know how much I appreciate you, how much I appreciate being able to do this for you on a daily basis. This is not a job for me. This is not, uh, you know, a burden um, but, you know, everything takes time and and I do need to sleep every now and then. So with that in mind, let's get back to the business of saving America, because that's what I think we're doing here. Let's take a look at this. The first article that I wanted to show you guys that I wanted to uh, talk about here was this recent, recent speech that Joe Biden gave down here in Florida. Uh, I believe it was to some police organization um, because he spoke about essentially this conflict between the people on the right supporting the police, but then he called everybody insurrectionists. And and it was a very, very strange manner, a strange affect that Joe Biden had while he was delivering this speech. And he didn't do it all in one take. There's a very, very obvious point at which there is a cut. And then once there is a cut, his affect changes even just a little bit more. What's even more strange about it is that he doesn't appear to blink, but maybe twice throughout the entirety of uh, this speech. I'm going to play it for you, this little two-minute segment. Um, But, you know, I also have another thing. You know, I I recently got into this conversation with people on Truth Social about whether or not the elites have taken uh, any of the vaccines or whether or not they're getting COVID. I know a lot of people... Uh, seem to think that when someone in the elite says, you know, that they've got COVID, that maybe it's a code for something else. I think listening to Joe Biden speak here, it seems like he is definitely sick. Uh, His throat, his voice sounds completely different. 
And it looks to me like he's on some type of stimulants based upon the fact that he's not blinking. If you've ever seen a tweaker out on the street, uh, you know, they're doing these weird body movements and they're and they're not blinking and they just, you know, they act really strange. So uh, so this was at the Noble headquarters, the National Organization of Black Law Enforcement Officers. Let's go ahead and take a look at this very strange clip and then I want to discuss it with you. Then on January 6th, we relied on law enforcement to save our democracy. We saw what happened. The Capitol Police, the D.C. Metropolitan Police, other law enforcement agencies were attacked and assaulted before our very eyes, speared, sprayed, stomped on, brutalized, and lives were lost. And for three hours, the defeated former president of the United States watched it all happen as he sat in the comfort of the private dining room next to the Oval Office. While he was doing that, brave law enforcement officer subject to the medieval hell for three hours, dripping in blood, surrounded by carnage. Face to face with crazed mob that believed the lies of the defeated president. The police were heroes that day. Donald Trump lacked the courage to act. The brave women and men in blue all across this nation should never forget that. You can't be pro-insurrection and pro-cop. You can't be pro-insurrection and pro-democracy. You can't be pro-insurrection and pro-American. There can be no greater responsibility than to do all we can to ensure the safety of our families, our children, our community, our nation, and our law enforcement officers. I will always meet that duty just as you do every single day as members of a critically important organization. Okay, so I noticed twice that he blinked there. And when they did that cut and came back to him, his eyes were like just like peeled open. And also, if you notice, his eyes were pinned. That is also another sign that someone is on stimulants. Uh, the sound of his voice, it clearly sounds to me like he he was sick, he had COVID, something like that. I don't know what it was, but I think Joe Biden has been ill. I think we can all agree that he's been ill. But uh, I don't know why they would say that he had COVID if he didn't have COVID and why they would tell people that he took the vaccine if he didn't take the vaccine and then he was still getting COVID. It just doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know. Maybe we're not supposed to be able to really make any conclusions as a result of this, but the rhetoric that Joe Biden was using in this clip, absolutely shameless. You want to know who died on January 6th? It was brave patriots who attended a rally to support President Trump. You know, nobody was pro-insurrection. I'll tell you what we were pro. We were pro-election security, and we're still pro-election security. We are still pro-freedom, truth, honesty, law-abiding. That's what we are pro. That's what all the Democrats are against. That's certainly what Joe Biden is against. But saying that police were dripping from dripping in blood and it was some medieval grisly scene, the only people who died were people there to support President Trump. And President Trump didn't just sit there doing nothing, okay? I think it took a minute for anybody to realize what exactly was going on. People were at the Capitol and nothing bad happened except for the D.C. police shooting rubber bullets and uh, 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 pepper spray balls and cans of tear gas. The only people who died were 
patriotic American citizens who were there to address grievances with a corrupt and failed government that is un-American, that is not part of our beloved system. These people have usurped the power of the people. These are the true insurrectionists, Joe Biden, Nancy Pelosi, the people of their ilk. Okay, these corporations that own these voting machines that delivered fake, fake votes, fake evidence of election integrity. There was no such thing as election security in November of 2020. I think that Joe Biden is clearly being kept alive and animated through the use of enhanced substances, probably some type of methamphetamines combined with uh, some type of nootropic that is allowing his brain to function, certainly Alzheimer's and dementia drugs. Hmm. I don't know, Kaori. I, I don't I don't agree with you there that Babbitt was a crisis actor. I don't think that that's the case. Everybody is free to believe what they want to believe. But I, I just I don't think in that instance that that was what happened. You know, um, let, let's let's jump over here to a, a, a discussion about disinformation, because this actually came up in the show the other day um, when I was talking about rayups. I want to say it was last week. Uh, specifically, it was this tweet right here. Ray Epps is married to Robin Epps. She is the national director of sales and development at Dominion Enterprises, which Dominion Voting is a division of. Are you still believing there is such a thing as coincidence? Now, I I looked into this. There is a woman named Robin Epps. I, I kind of debunked this on the air, uh, but I can't find anything to to substantiate the claim that Dominion Voting Systems and Dominion Enterprises are companies that were connected at all. Um, you know, there are a number of different businesses out there with the name Dominion in their in their corporate title. Uh, but there is no evidence to support that Robin Epps married to Ray Epps is the same Robin Epps that works at this uh, this other place. Uh, and uh, it's uh, it's a it the Dominion actually that they were referencing that that this Robin Epps works at uh, is a is a subsidiary of Landmark Media. It's like a billboard company. It's not anything to do with Dominion Voting Systems. Uh, Here's another one. This was going around Twitter the other day. Uh, Somebody named Retro Tech Noir said, Freedom of Information Act requests show a dozen phone calls between the cell phone of Ray Epps and the office of Speaker Nancy Pelosi in the week before January 6th. So they say this. It's a very inflammatory thing to say, and certainly... Uh, it, uh, it it coalesces in the minds of people who are looking for a connection between Ray Epps and, you know, Nancy Pelosi or the January 6th committee. But those FOIA requests are not presented. Uh, there's no evidence to substantiate this claim. And this is the kind of thing that people are going to see and they're automatically going to retweet. Uh, it makes it very easy to put out disinformation. Uh, and then once this disinformation is spread, places like the New York Times are going to latch onto it and say, well, you know, look at these crazy Trump supporters. Uh, you know, these people are sharing disinformation about poor old Ray Epps. And then maybe Ray Epps is able to get a lawsuit against people for the 17,000 retweets and the 36,000 likes. Now, uh, this is the kind of thing that Twitter allows out there. You have to be very careful when you see these things spreading quickly on Twitter uh, and they have no problem allowing it to uh, to be spread all over the Internet because uh, we have seen in the past how 
Twitter and these other social media companies are very quick to stop information that is truthful. So if Twitter is allowing this stuff to spread, you have to ask yourself, you know, why is that? Hmm. I'll tell you something that is not disinformation. Uh, we spoke about this the other day about uh, the um, success of people like Speaker Nancy Pelosi and Paul Pelosi in uh, their stock catalogs. Uh, they continually outperform the NASDAQ and the, um, uh, oh, what's the other one? Um, uh, the S&P 500. They, they're always outperforming. Now, Speaker Paul Pelosi made quite the purchase in his stock portfolio not that long ago, and that was for NVIDIA. Now, it turns out that Nancy Pelosi was overseeing this huge federal contract for NVIDIA, which meant that Paul Pelosi was standing to make millions of dollars with his stock purchase. Now, I don't know about you, but to me, that appears that Paul Pelosi was getting inside information from his wife, Nancy Pelosi, who was privy to this information ahead of time, showing that NVIDIA was about to get this massive windfall from the federal government. Well, it looks like we put enough pressure on Paul Pelosi and he was forced to sell off those stocks in NVIDIA for a huge loss because it was just far too obvious that this man must have been getting information from his wife. I put a hilarious video out over the weekend. Uh, Ryan Long comedy. He he does great work, okay? And if you don't know who Ryan Long is, you need to look him up. I, I can't find him on Truth Social. I know he's on Twitter. Uh, he's on YouTube as well. But he had this, uh, this, this stock class, you know, how to make millions in the stock market, you know, and he, it was, it was from Paul Pelosi. So Paul bought these 25,000 shares of, uh, NVIDIA stocks, um, roughly about $5 million worth. Uh, and he had to sell them at $165 on this past Tuesday, just yesterday. Uh, and that means that he's losing 341,000 as a result of having to sell them. Now, if it wouldn't have been for the fact that Nancy Pelosi was the Speaker of the House and she was privy to this information, uh, do you think that Paul would have bought this $5 million purchase of, of NVIDIA stock um, about, uh, about a year ago? Uh, I don't think so, uh, because this is not a new coincidence. Paul Pelosi and people like Nancy Pelosi continually purchase stocks, they make investments just before these major announcements are made to the people of America, uh, at which point, you know, we can buy in. But of course, we have to buy in at that higher price. Only people like the Pelosi's of the world are privy to this information. Um, I, you know, Nancy Pelosi, she has like a, a yearly salary of like $220,000, something like that. But she has a net worth of $120 million. Please tell me how that works. How does Nancy Pelosi and her husband Paul Pelosi get that rich working as public servants? I think that the answer is extremely obvious. And it's high time that Congress addressed the issue of insider trading. Now, Nancy has flatly denied the possibility that Paul has been engaging in insider trading or that she's been telling him any kind of information. But just think about the level of greed 
uh, the level of selfishness that exists in the servants of America, in the congressional representatives of our nation. Uh, and you take a look at people uh, who continually practice these behaviors and who continually get massive windfalls. The only way it makes any sense is if they are engaging in insider trading. There's no other way around it. There's no other way to describe it. Uh, they are doing it wrong. They are engaging in actions that are resulting in them gaining a lot of money because they have this uh, special special information. Uh, I also wanted to pay homage to Simone Gold, Dr. Simone Gold, because she has reported to prison. Now, she did put out a... Um, a bit of a, 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 a statement. She said, the government charged me as a criminal defendant due to being present at the Capitol on January 6th. Of course, we know she was invited as a speaker to talk about medical freedom issues and the permitted location was canceled at the last minute, which meant that she basically, you know, the permit wasn't good anymore. So Judge Christopher Cooper put her through the ringer, uh, decided to uh, give her quite the sentence, uh, and now she's going to be in prison, I believe, for something like 60 days, uh, all for walking around with a bullhorn and speaking in the Capitol. Uh, this is not justice here in America. Uh, this is absolutely abhorrent to me and I think to many other Americans. Uh, and at the same time that we have people like Dr. Simone Gold and brave patriots that are still being held in the D.C. gulag, uh, we also have people on the other side, like Cassidy Hutchinson. Cassidy Hutchinson, the one who made up all of those stories about President Trump and his actions on January 6th, saying that President Trump grabbed the Secret Service agent by the neck, grabbed the wheel in the different car than he was actually driving in. She made up a bunch of lies. And remember, President Trump himself said that Cassidy was very gracious. She said she really enjoyed working at the White House, and she wanted to even go down to Mar-a-Lago and continue to work with President Trump. That is absolutely the opposite side of what her testimony was in front of the January 6th committee. But now it gets worse for Cassidy because new private chats have been released. And these chats also fly in the face of her testimony. Uh... She had previously referred to the January 6th panel as a phony committee just six days after she was subpoenaed and told that she was going to have to testify. Uh, she praised a November 21 tweet from a former colleague mocking someone's belief that President Joe Biden won the presidential election. Uh, she also consistently aligned herself with President Trump in these private messages. She said, I would rather shoot myself dead into the Potomac than see Marine One flying around this city without 45 again. Uh, it really boggles the mind. It defies convention. And you have to ask yourself, why is it that Cassidy Hutchinson went before the January 6th committee and said the things that she did? The only thing that I can think of that makes sense is that she must have been blackmailed into doing this. Uh, perhaps Liz Cheney, who she said, I think Liz being the future of the GOP is a massive stretch. 
I think she does have the power to cement the anti-Trump rhino movement and really capitalize off it on a national scale, but she'll never, ever turn the tides in her favor, ever. Cassidy said even if Trump were to fall off the face of the earth, her neocon policies are not what the base's ideological politics currently are, nor will head. (laughs) So Cassidy Hutchinson doesn't appear to be a fan of the January 6th committee. So why did she give that testimony she did? I think somebody definitely forced her into it. Now, this is the question. Was it the good guys or was it the bad guys that blackmailed Cassidy Hutchinson or urged her uh, to actually give this testimony? Uh, Perhaps we're going to learn in the future. But what Cassidy Hutchinson did was commit treason. I'm not, excuse me, not, not treason, perjury. (laughs) <laughs> Very big difference there between treason and perjury. Cassidy Hutchinson per- committed perjury. And, you know, I think obviously, as long as you go before a congressional committee and you say something bad about President Trump, we saw it many times uh, during the, the Mueller hearings or the Ukraine hearings or either of the impeachment hearings. If you say something bad about President Trump, then you're going to get a free pass. You're not, you don't have to worry about getting uh, perjury charges against you. If you say something bad about a candidate that is supported by President Trump, you're not going to have anything bad happen to you. Uh, Take as an example, Eric Greitens. Now, I have two different pieces of uh, coverage on Eric Greitens that are very different, very, very different. We have one here from the Gateway Pundit, and then we have another one from the Daily Caller. Now, uh, need I remind you, Eric Greitens is supported by President Trump. He's gotten the the endorsement. Uh, Eric Greitens has had to deal with uh, just, you know, a a horrific amount of abuse, lies hurled at him. Uh, Carl Rove, who was the the, the head executioner for George W. Bush, if you will, uh, he organized a smear campaign against Eric Greitens uh, with the help of Eric Greitens' wife. He had apparently, according to her, uh, committed acts of abuse against her and their three-year-old child. So take a look at this. In the Daily Caller, their article is entitled, Scandal-Plagued GOP Candidate Plummets in Key Senate Primary. Now, that's an interesting way to phrase it, because Eric Greitens has been in the lead for quite some time. Now, Real Clear Politics has been following this since the beginning, and he has been the front runner for more than a year. We've got uh, 39% of voters that are backing Attorney General Eric Schmidt, followed by U.S. Representative Vicki Hartzler with 25, and Greitens now with 18%. That's according to Hill and Emerson. Now, if you take a look at the reporting from the Gateway Pundit, They phrase it as Missouri Senate race latest poll finds 62% of MAGA voters support Eric Greitens. So which is it? Is it that Eric Greitens has 18% of the the popular support, or does Eric Greitens have 62% of the popular support? Well, I think we've all heard the term suppression poll before. Uh, Obviously, the Gateway Pundit is going to report positively towards President Trump and the people that he supports. Uh, the Daily Caller does not have as strong of a record of supporting MAGA candidates or supporting people who are endorsed by President Trump. 
Uh, of course, you know, anytime you call him a disgraced former governor, uh, I think that lends a, a, a bit of a, a hint as to where you go on the political spectrum. Uh, Eric Greitens, in my opinion, has not been disgraced. The people who attempted to disgrace Eric Greitens are the ones who've been disgraced. Eric Greitens has been shown to have committed no criminal acts. He's never done anything wrong. He, they were attempting to destroy him while he was governor of Missouri. It's been the same thing over and over and over again. Eric Greitens has uh, suffered unending attacks from members of the deep state uh, who wanted to get rid of him. Take a look at this. These are the claims from his ex-wife, Sheena Greitens, former governor's ex-wife, recently testified under an affidavit that Greitens physically assaulted her and their three-year-old son while they were married during an ongoing custody battle. Greitens denied the accusations, claiming they were politically motivated. And then Greitens released an ad, of course, which I thought was pretty based, uh, showing him busting into a house saying he was going rhino hunting in SWAT gear. I think that Eric Greitens is a threat to the deep state and certainly a threat to the political establishment in Missouri. And so they're going to do everything they can to try to dissuade the voters of Missouri from voting from him. Anybody here in the audience? Oh, look at this. Shiny Moon says we got more mail bashing him yesterday. Uh, and I'm not surprised about that. Take a look at this. Apparently, well, this is interesting. This is actually the exact opposite. Uh, the the DCCC, DCCC, the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee and the Democratic Governors Association have actually been engaging in sort of a Pied Piper strategy. Remember when uh, Donald Trump was one of many Republican contenders back in 2015 and 2016, and Hillary Clinton's campaign said that Donald Trump had no chance of winning, and so they wanted to elevate him above the other Republican candidates because they believed they could beat Donald Trump in the general election. Wah, 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 wah. They couldn't. They were unable to beat Donald Trump in uh, the general election. Is that working? Can you guys hear that? It didn't. It doesn't look to me like it worked. It didn't work. It didn't work, did it? Okay. Anyways, so right now this is exactly what they're doing in several republican races throughout the country and this was actually exposed by a member of the democrat party so dan cox is the republican gubernatorial candidate in maryland he just won the primary president trump has endorsed him and uh apparently oh no i'm sorry i i actually um yeah 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 the dga the democratic governors association made ads promoting Dan Cox. And I think that's because they believe that they can beat him in the general election. Uh, they actually did the same thing in Michigan. Uh, they bought a bunch of ads to promote a primary challenger to Peter Meyer. Peter Meyer, in my opinion, is the deep state candidate there in Michigan. Uh, and he's also one of 10 Republicans who voted to impeach Donald Trump after the events of January 6th. Uh, so as far as I'm concerned, the Democrat Party is sealing their own fate. What they don't understand is that America first, the MAGA candidates, are the ones that are going to beat their candidates come November. They still are hung up on the idea 
that January 6th is the most important issue in America today. Meanwhile, their own polls are saying that they have turned people off as a result of hammering this point over and over and over again. The January 6th issue is dead in the water. And the real issue that's facing American voters, things like the economy, things like jobs, uh, things like our freedom, our constitution, these are the things that matter to people. And these are the issues that America First, MAGA candidates, are pushing out on the campaign trail. So if they're spending money on people that Donald Trump has endorsed, uh, then uh, yes, that's absolutely the case. And Glassful of Muse wants to know if there's any chance my upcoming trip is connected with my interview with Greg Phillips. I think that's safe to say. Yes, I think that's safe to say. Um, so let's go ahead. I just want to take a look here uh, in case there's any comments on anything I've said so far uh, in the in the chat. Asquatch says best time of the day. Exact time. Electric Soul says happy to make a live show. It's been a while. Cameron Growl says, do what you must do, Zach. It benefits all of us in the long run. Warrior Mima says, take some time off, Zach. You deserve it. Liberty Bells says, much love, Red Pill. You are at the top of the list of the best. Old Home 29 says, we all understand what you're going through and appreciate all you do to keep up the good work. Bruce Banner says, tan Zach looks much happier than pasty Zach. Good to see you, brother. Uh, Cozy Bear says, I like your shirt. And Jason Blocker says, the Babbitt shooting was very suspect. That whole scene was weird, but I don't know if Babbitt was acting. That's the thing, you know, um, I am I am loath to come out and say that Ashley Babbitt didn't really die because I I've, I've seen the interviews with her husband and yeah, I, I got to say, I, I believe him. I believe his pain when he's out there talking about the loss of his wife and the loss of their dog. You know, I mean, how does that benefit the deep state to have this person murdered, pretend to be murdered? And then have her held up as a symbol of everything that's wrong with the current regime. Um, <laughs> Sean Anon says, RP, if you don't take time off, uh, I'm boycotting. Yes, I am going to the pit. I said it out on uh, Truth Social, but I've been loath to talk about it too much because I don't want to say, I don't want to step out of turn. I see a lot of people, you know, talking about it, but I don't want to say something that I'm not supposed to. Suffice to say. I am very excited and honored uh, to have received an invitation to this event uh, and to be able to interact with a bunch of people that I highly respect. Uh, and uh, yes, and yes, uh, the the midterms were published early. I talked about that, I think, on, on Monday or Tuesday. Uh, yeah, what are the chances? Michigan midterm miracle. Absolutely. Um so yes, I'm excited to be there. I'm excited to be able to go. Let me let me show you guys this. Actually, real quick for the second half of the show, brought to you by preparewithredpill78.com. You can save $150 off a three-month supply of emergency food, 2,000 calories a day. It has a 25-year shelf life. I think one of the things we can definitely count on is that we are going to be approaching a number of crises. Uh, I'm also getting a generator for the house. I'm getting a propane tank. Uh, and uh, I'm going to be all set up. So even if the electricity goes down in my area, I've got a couple of years worth of emergency food and I'm still going to be able to live stream because I think because the uh, the the Internet here is fiber optic. So uh, I should be able to live stream as long as I can produce my own electricity. So keep your eyes open just in case things uh, go a hard left. Um, 
Anyone know about the thing with Greg Phillips and that Godlewski guy? Saw a very hard post from Phillips about this. Um, you know, I don't like to comment too often on um, on issues with other people, but I mean, I can just tell you from a um, a disinterested third party's viewpoint, uh, it appeared that uh, that guy had made a comment about attending the event, and then Greg Phillips made a comment back because apparently that wasn't true. Um, and that's really all I can say about it. Um, I respect the opinions of the people at True the Vote. I know that there are people out there who uh, apparently don't. I don't really know what that's about. Uh, anybody who devotes their life to uh, proving election integrity and exposing corrupt and, and criminal individuals, uh, I, I absolutely uh, respect them and I support them. There was also a statement on Truth Social, and I missed to see if I got a reply on it, but somebody had stated that it was illegal for someone to take a salary at a nonprofit. Let me just tell you that what when you are a nonprofit, okay, donations to a nonprofit are tax deductible. Uh, the money you bring in at a nonprofit has to be go- has to go towards funding the operations of that nonprofit. You have to have a mission statement devoted to a specific cause, and you have to uphold that mission with everything that you do. Now, upholding that mission includes employing individuals who work there at that nonprofit to do just that. And the funds that come into a nonprofit go to cover operating costs. Your operating costs include the salaries of people who work there at that nonprofit. So true the vote, if I'm not mistaken, Catherine Engelbrecht is the the the, the CEO or the chairman of the board at, uh, at, at true the vote. So she would accept a salary as a result of having that position and running the operation. Uh, take a look at uh, uh, um, Project Veritas. They are also a nonprofit organization. James O'Keefe definitely takes the salary for the work that he does at uh, Project Veritas. There's nothing illegal uh, about accepting a salary when you work at a nonprofit. Now, does that mean that there you know, aren't uh, volunteer positions? Of course, there, there definitely may be uh, people who are volunteering their time there. But you're going to have a board of directors and you're going to have employees that specifically support that mission. So there's nothing. Yeah, I'm sure there's plenty of people out there who work at nonprofits. Um, you know, there are good nonprofits and there are bad nonprofits. For the vote is a good nonprofit, uh, in my opinion. Uh, there are 501c3s. There are 501c4s. Uh, there's a number of different types uh, of, of organizations. Uh, some of them have, you know, missions uh, in one direction. Others have missions in another direction. Uh, yeah, so there are definitely people who work at nonprofits and uh, and who accept salaries. I, uh, I, I, I have a very interesting story I wanted to show you guys next. Tell me if you saw this. A former staffer of Governor uh, Chris Cuomo... Hmm. Pardon me. Andrew Cuomo was fatally struck on the highway after he was apparently a real jerk to his Lyft driver. And the Lyft driver pulled over on the highway and kicked him out, kicked him out of the car. Now, the Lyft driver, in my opinion, made a real error in judgment in doing this. If you are a Lyft driver or an Uber driver, you have every every right to end a ride and tell the people in your car that you're not going to take them and that they have to get out. However, however, 
by kicking somebody out of your car on the highway, you're putting them directly in danger. So I feel like this is just way too convenient. So this guy was a staffer for Andrew Cuomo. And we have a picture of him here, a picture of him and uh, and his family. You know, uh, Andrew Cuomo commented on it, said he was shocked and saddened. But the question I have is, what did this guy know? What was this guy's role in Andrew Cuomo's organization for him to get kicked out and and essentially killed? You know, um, if I was a Lyft driver, I would think that I would know that this guy, by kicking him out on the highway, it would be very, uh, very, very easy for him to get killed by another driver. So his name was Sid Wolf. He was with five friends and they were all in this car. It was 1.44 a.m. So I, I have to think that they were all pretty drunk uh, if they were driving at this time of night. Uh, and I think it's very possible that perhaps this was an orchestrated event. I'm not saying that Sid was murdered, but I think it's highly suspect uh, that he stepped out of the car and then was killed. Now, is it also possible uh, that he was drunk and walked out of the car like a moron and stood in the middle of the highway uh, while somebody was driving by and he was struck on accident. Absolutely. Okay. It was a 27 year old kid that killed him. Whoever that kid is, you know, I'm sure that he's not going to sleep too well at night uh, thinking about what happened. You know, it's tragic. Anyway, you slice it, especially for the the wife and children of this guy. But the number one question I have is, what did Sid Wolf know? Think about all of the scandals that took place under Andrew Cuomo, uh, whether it was from COVID or whether it was from his sexual uh, harassments that he was engaged in. I I think that it's uh, it's a little too coincidental to see that uh, this man was murdered. Uh, Okay, take a look at this. This is breaking news right here. We've recently had some moves in the United States to overturn the results of the 2020 election. And it looks like those movements have just hit Michigan because Cass County and Alcona County, the GOP in those counties, have voted to rescind the results of the 2020 presidential election. They now join Texas in the GOP. They join Maricopa County. They join the entirety of the Arizona GOP, the Montana GOP, and several Wisconsin counties. My friends, I think that it is very possible that we're getting closer and closer to the point at which a significant number of important and relevant organizations stand up and say that the election of 2020 was not legitimate. I'm sure you guys remember what happened on election night in Michigan. Joe Biden was losing to Donald Trump throughout the entirety of the night. And then we had that 4 a.m. ballot dump. You can see that right here. This very unnatural jump, hundreds of thousands of ballots all of a sudden. And then boop, 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 boop. Even though you've got Trump right there above Joe Biden, Joe Biden ended up eclipsing Donald Trump officially. Officially. So now with these two counties joining these other counties, these other GOPs, these other states, Uh, We have some very, very important moves taking place. Uh, Langdale and Winnebago counties in Iowa, uh, and then also now Calumet County in Wisconsin, all voted for the decertification of the 2020 presidential election as well. This is coming from Patrick Kolbeck, 
Patrick Kolbeck was a legislator in Michigan, and he's been very vocal about what happened at the TCF Center on election night in 2020. Um, You know, you put it all together and it's just so obvious that there was uh, a theft of the election in Michigan. There was a theft of the election in Arizona, uh, theft of the election in Pennsylvania, Georgia, Wisconsin, you name it. It's happened all over the place. Now, I did want to address something that somebody had said to me on Truth Social. Uh, I was fairly certain that Mark Fincham was endorsed by President Trump. I could have sworn that I had read that. Uh, And uh, I was talking about why we didn't see Mark Fincham at the Arizona rally over the weekend when Donald Trump was calling out other candidates. Spoken to Wendy Rogers. Uh, Wendy is going to be coming back on the show soon. I'd love to have Mark back as well. Mark was a joy. Uh, He was a great, great guest. But here we are. I mean, Donald Trump has endorsed Mark Fincham. Somebody on Truth Social kind of like in all caps told me that Trump had not endorsed Mark Fincham. But I knew I had seen this image. I knew I had seen these words. Vote Fincham. Trump endorsed election integrity champion for secretary of state. And here it is. I just wanted to make sure that I said it out loud on the show that Mark Fincham is definitely endorsed by President Donald Trump. Uh, and uh, apparently he was, uh, the reason that he's in the news is because he was on War Room um, last week, I guess. Uh, and uh, there was a hearing on the use of these electronic voting machines in Arizona. This is another important thing. I think we're very close to having the use of electronic voting machines overturned uh, in uh, a number of different places. Um, Dreadquarter says that Greg is not supporting Wendy. You know, I, I think that when it comes down to it, I'm not so worried about big names supporting every single person that I personally, uh, am endorsing every, every person that I personally like, you know, we are dealing with a lot of big personalities in this space and politics is complicated. Um, I like Wendy Rogers, okay? Uh, Wendy and I get along. I thought she was great on the show. I really liked her. And I like the stuff that she uh, that she puts out there. I, I like the things that she supports. Uh, and I think that Wendy is uh, an American hero. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I just fed up. I don't know if he forgot or if Mark wasn't there at the end. So, Either way, I, I don't think it's uh, it's a big deal. I think that Arizona knows Mark Fincham, and I think Mark Fincham is going to win. As long as we don't have <laughs> the type of the level of cheating that we had previously. Um, but Mark Fincham is leading the charge for election integrity and election security in the state of Arizona. And I think that the people of Arizona support Mark Fincham. Certainly, Katie Hobbs is not on anybody's, uh, um, I guess, you know, priority list in terms of making sure that she gets back into office. Now, one thing I did also want to address in terms of the issue of election security in Arizona, I'm sure you guys remember Sharpiegate. Sharpiegate was a debacle. Katie Hobbs telling essentially Republicans that they had to use Sharpies, even though they were told, you know, you shouldn't use Sharpies because it would... Uh, it would result in in a uh, a spoiled ballot. Well, in Maricopa County, it looks like they are now pushing voters to use felt tipped election pens on Election Day, but not for early voting. Now, 
Why is that important? Uh, have I heard any uh, chatter about Trump endorsing anyone in Michigan? I have. I have seen lists of people that Trump endorsed in Michigan. I know that Christina Caramo, uh, he is endorsing her. I know that Matt DiPerno, he's endorsing him. Um, but th- that's where it ends. I, I don't know the, uh, the the rest of the list. Um, I-, I could probably easily find it and and put it out there. You know what would be great, you guys, if we had like a centralized website, you know, of like, you know, candidates that President Trump is endorsing. And I, I actually bet you that we can probably find that. Uh, candidates endorsed by President Trump 2022. Let's take a look. Okay, so this is from June 20. Ah, you can go to Ballotopedia. Um, he has 224 endorsements in 2022. Um, we can look at all of the government here. Tell you what, guys, I'm, I'm just going to share this with you because it's not by state. It's by, um, type of seat. So you got Senate, governor, state executives, et cetera, et cetera. Let me throw this out there and bookmark this page and you go ahead and keep an eye on it. Ah, you know what I just realized? Uh, Matt Couch said that he was going to share the show today, and I completely forgot to send it over to him. There we go. All Trump-endorsed candidates right there on Ballotopedia. Good place to keep an eye on. Uh, let me see. Who is, I think, in Michigan? Wait a second. Isn't uh, Matt DiPerno? What is Matt DiPerno running for? I, I, I guess for a second there, I thought he was running for governor of Michigan, but maybe he's running for secretary of state. That actually makes a lot more sense. Yep. Yeah. He, oh, I'm sorry. He's running for attorney general. He's running for attorney general. Now, the primary is coming up, so that hasn't happened yet. Uh, there was actually a funny incident. We got we have the primary coming up on the second here in uh, in Florida. Um, interesting, interesting bit of, of stuff that happened. There's this guy who's running for a countywide position. Hey, how's it going? Uh, looks like the, the bug guy's here, honey. The bug guy is here. <laughs> um, and uh, the guy, this guy was running for some county position. And he got pulled over in his red Ferrari. And he was going like 95 in a 70. And uh, as soon as the, the state trooper walked up, he was like, you know, I run the county. He must like a real jerk. Uh, Joe Mullins, that's his name. I don't know Joe Mullins personally, and I don't know that anybody else is running against him, but I just thought it was a bad look uh, to approach the police officer like that. And it's just not a good idea to drive 25 over uh, in a 70 mile per hour zone. Yeah, he's right out front, honey. Yeah, get dressed. Get dressed. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Uh, let's go ahead and take a look at these thank yous, too. Cozy Bear says, I like your shirt. Thank you. Uh, loop de loop drop some shades. Filter Dog won with a can. And then A. Allen God wins with a can as well. Put himself in timeout for five minutes for spamming. A.K. Rooster. I don't know. I don't know what that is. That's interesting. A.K. Rooster, I don't know what you said to get put into the timeout, but. Okay. All right. So. Yeah, just use a black pen. Don't redacted title. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Odyssey might be glitched. I don't know. There, there's an issue with Odyssey quite often, but. Yeah, so 
the people who vote early in elections, I mean, honestly, that's usually the Democrats. So if they're telling the people voting early that they should be using a ballpoint pen, I think that's because they want the Democrat votes uh, to be 100 uh, percent uh, unspoiled. If they're telling the people coming in on Election Day to use felt pens, well, that makes it seem a little bit um, suspect to me. Okay. What else? Uh, two, two, two. Oh, this is oh, this is pretty good. There was a panel on CNN uh, where they were basically uh, outraged at the Biden administration trying to pretend that we're not going through a recession. I also wanted to talk about this yesterday. I just didn't get time. Um, He was fake spamming. I think there's a way to italicize words in chat. Okay, okay. Okay, all right. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that, guys. I'd just never seen that announcement before. I didn't know that. um, I thought maybe that they had changed something. Um, So the Biden administration is changing the definition of recession in order to say that we are not truly in the midst of a recession. It's kind of like when they changed the definition of vaccine uh, so that they could get through with the COVID vaccines, even though they weren't actually vaccines. So now CNN is actually calling out the fact that the Biden administration, the regime, is lying about being in a recession. Let's take a listen. Panel. Uh, Chris Eliza, um inflation affects every American Directly, uh, the Biden administration is trying to point out the, dif- the definition of a recession is nuanced. But I got to tell you, I, I struggle with this. I get that why they want to do it from a political perspective, yeah. but like you can't fake this. No, I was just I was laughing to myself with the in my view thing that Caitlin highlighted, because it's like, well, in my view, I should be drafted into the NBA. Like the <laughs> in NBA, my view, in, NBA executives I would didn't make agree with that. Of dollars, right. right. <laughs> like it doesn't really matter what you think. It's there's a. There is a technical definition, two straight quarters of negative economic growth. They clearly believe that that is likely to come to pass later this week. They're trying to pre-bud it. To your point, we get why they're doing it politically. Right. At the same time, we have these terms for reasons. You don't have to like it. Of course they don't like it because the economy, you know, Joe Biden's Biden's handling of the economy was at 25 or 30 percent in our most recent poll. Like, yeah, it's a problem for them. This adds to the problem. But you don't get to change the nomenclature in the middle of a campaign because it doesn't work for you. Well, and again, your voters are going to feel what they feel in their lives. Exactly. Doesn't that sound familiar? Changing the definition of words. I mean, that's very Orwellian, very 1984. But this is what the left has been doing a lot in recent years, taking the definition of something and changing it to make it mean something else. And the problem is that we on the right are using the established definitions of words. We're not using this recently adopted nomenclature by people on the left. And the people on the left know that. And they use this against us when they try to make arguments and uh, they try to debate with us. Uh, We know what words mean. All right. You can look them up. But now in the dictionary from Webster's, you look up the definition of a woman and it's now just somebody who identifies as the opposite of a man. Absolutely ridiculous. Now, just because you change the definition of recession doesn't mean we're not in a recession. 
Just because you change the definition of a vaccine doesn't suddenly make something a vaccine. We have a very established line of definitions for words all throughout the English language. And they want to change those definitions so that they can play with the language and make it mean something else. We have to stand up to that. That's absolutely uh, not going to work for us. Before we leave, I have a very important study. Muffin. Honey, will you take them in the room? Very important study from the New England Journal of Medicine, one of the most established medical journals in the world. Unvaccinated COVID patients are contagious for less time than vaccinated COVID patients. That once again goes to show the idiocy of getting these experimental clot shots. And any time people have arguments in favor of it, well, this is just another one that you can use to explain why you remain unvaccinated. I saw Brad Getz, Collagero uh, uh, Getz, uh, put out a bit of uh, facts and figures the other night. Apparently only 15% of America remains unvaccinated in some form. The dogs are freaking out because of the the bug guy being here. Anyways, uh, but this is uh, this is very, very powerful evidence to support the fact that you made the right decision. All right. So we're going to go ahead and end it there just because the bug guys here, guys uh, need to say thank you to Eve for America. I appreciate you. I appreciate you, too, Eve. Always good to see you here. Filter Dog One, Newspeak from 1984 and Ina says thank you. Thank you very much, Ina. Let me just make sure that I didn't miss anything. Oh, I've got uh, some paperwork to sign for the house. The closing is on Friday. I have a mobile closing tomorrow. Notaries come into the house, and we're going to go ahead and get this all signed, and everything will be done. All right, so just checking here. Uh, nothing on buy me a coffee. And I think that there was something that came in yesterday after the show. Yes, from Tracy. She said, uh, thank you for all you do. Thank you very much, Tracy, for being here. Uh, Muffin is absolutely wigging out. She she hates it when the bug people come. She's a very good guard dog, but it doesn't really work when I'm on the air. I tell you what, guys, I really wish that I had like an enclosed studio someplace where I could do this so I could just focus because it makes it so difficult when you've got all this stuff happening around you. But either way, I love you. I love doing this. Let me go ahead and pass out the gold pills over on the foxhole. Love the foxhole. Uh, there we go. The scratching has been released. Okay. Um, <laughs> just keep an eye out on Truth Social for my next show. Definitely. I'll be back tomorrow. And uh, we're going to be heading out, leaving Florida in the first week of August. I will again let you guys know on Truth Social where I'm going to be and when my next shows are going to be as well. Uh, thank you for all of the support. I really appreciate it. I, I couldn't do this without you guys, really. Just that's the long and the short of it. Uh, so until next time, good luck and God bless. We'll see you then.